just wanted to I just wanted to edify them publicly that if you guys know them, they got four kids, they got three girls and a boy. And this is a family that literally you see them out evangelizing together. They don't it's not worth like they leave the kids at home and you know get a babysitter and they go out, but when we go out and do evangelism, um, whenever they're out and about, they're always willing and ready to share the gospel. And that honestly has been a testimony to me and a witness to me of like, holy smokes, I can't leave my kids out. Like, they need to be involved in this. And so um, you guys really do lead in a great way of including your kids in this, you know, reaching out and sharing Christ. You guys have been a great example to us. So uh, thank you guys for being a witness to all of us. Um, does it, can anyone else testify? I know my wife can, but just wanted to uh, publicly encourage you guys and affirm you. So we're excited about tonight and just release the, release the word. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So I had a checklist here. Make sure you have your underwear on and check your zipper. So before you speak, it has nothing to do with parenting, but you know how many times I've gone up here and, well, not up here, but in, I was a youth pastor. We were youth pastors for nine years, and there's nothing worse than a kid coming up to you because kids, they just, at the end, of course, at the end, and kids are just going to tell you, hey, you you know your pants were wide open the whole sermon. <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, teenagers. Oh, man. So, anyways, I had to put that on here. It's been a while before since, uh, since I spoke in front of people. So, i to make sure I do my check. So, really quick, introduce us. I'm John. Leah, you already said that. But uh, we, we both grew up here in Lakeland. Uh, we're one of the few... Polk County, born and raised, Florida people here, um, and uh, we both grew up going to Carpenter's Home Church, that's where we met, and uh, I went to Bible school there, they had a school kind of like Maranatha, a similar, uh, Master's Commission, oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> well, you know, we were, uh, I mean, servants um, at, there at the church, I think once they got us, they, they, they fired half the staff, at least the cleaning staff. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, sort, kind of, kind of kidding. But um, no, it was a great time. And uh, so got out of high school, joined the Army, then went to Bible school, and then became a youth and children's pastor for nine years. And uh, God, God called us out of that. Um, one of the ways you know you're called out of ministry is when you can't afford to buy milk or diapers, you know. So... <laughs> just a different season, a new season for us. Um, so we've been figuring out uh, non-ministry life with our family for the last six years. Uh, being in ministry and having a family, you know, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it, you're in the church all the time. You're with pe believers all the time. You're surrounded by people like that. And to to share that with your kids and that lifestyle with your kids makes it pretty easy to for them to grow up in learning the gospel and everything. Outside of that, it's a new, it's a different thing. If how many of you know, you get home, you're you're tired, you're exhausted, you don't want to do anything. Your kids come up to you, you want to be left alone, right? I mean, seriously. But they're there. They're not going anywhere, and they don't care if you're sitting on the toilet. They are there. They don't care if you're taking a shower. 
little heads are peeking in and saying, Daddy, what you doing? What do you think? I'm in the shower. <laughs> Daddy, what you doing? Well, I don't know. I'm on the toilet. What? <laughs> Give you three guesses, you know? <laughs> just in case. The third one's just in case. You know, that'd, that'd be the right answer. All right, so one thing I want to share with you guys is uh, to be intentional with your kids. Uh, by the way, I've got a, a little list of things to share with you guys, um, and I'm going to go through it pretty quick, and then, then we can get ultra-spiritual with Leah. <clears throat> so be intentional with your kids. You know, we all have busy schedules. Um, we all ha have to do life, and sometimes life is just a constant battle. You wake up in the morning, you got to get, get ready for work, get prepared, go do your thing. You're at work, it's a battle. Everything's a fight, you know. It just, I don't know about y'all, but if it, it just feels like I'm in war every single day. i got to fight to make things happen for my business and for the people that work for me. And then when you get home, you're so tired, you're so exhausted, and then you got 1099s or taxes or invoices or estimates or whatever it is that you have to do your responsibilities whether it's making dinner washing the dishes doing laundry it's rough <laughs> you know it, it, you you don't have a bunch of time to be the hero perfect parent so what we've done is we've become intentional in our time with our kids so what that looks like for us is when I'm doing my paperwork at home, whether it's estimates or invoices or 1099s, we got a place we could put an office for me, and we were going to, but then I was like, you know what? I'm still going to be in a room by myself, and I'm already gone at least eight hours a day, and then i got to come home and work, and then I'm going to be in a room all by myself. So for me, I, I'm either at the kitchen table or sitting in my chair in the living room, and purposefully, I'm there. If they want something, they can come interrupt me. Every once in a while I can say, all right, hey, <laughs> that's a cool story. But daddy's almost done, you know. But I'm right there. They see me. If they really need me, they can come over here. You know, and sometimes, like Friday, I'll get home early so I can come home and write checks for everybody. A couple, not you. You don't work for me, sorry. But, but so I can come home and write checks. And so Anna will sit there next to me sometimes and write me checks which is awesome, and I'll accept them, you know, it's all good, but uh, just be intentional with your kids, make that point to make time with them, um, just encourage you, whether it's everybody sitting down at the dinner table, that's something else that we do, you know, we, we eat dinner at the table, very rarely will we ever not eat at the dinner table, maybe once or twice in the whole year would we watch a movie or a TV show. I don't even think of TV shows. Would be, I don't even know. Seems like we watched something once or twice this year, but that time's important. You know, it. You have so much time during the day that you're working on other things, and you're not with your kids. That little bit of time of community and just sitting down and talking to them about life is very important. It makes a huge difference. Okay, so be intentional with them. <coughs> All right, my other tip of advice is, and this is probably from Matt more than the rest of, and you, brother, <laughs> learn to like hot sauce. Learn to like hot sauce on your food. 
because if you do that, you don't have to share your food with your kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it backfired on me too. <laughs> uh, the other, other, other piece of advice is door handles. Some, some of you may, you may know this, you may not, but you can flip them the opposite direction where they lock on the outside. So you don't have to have it where they lock on the inside. You can actually flip it the other way so that you can put your kid in the room and lock the door handle. Okay. <laughs> Even your bedroom door. <laughs> okay. With a, with a padlock, right? All right. Okay. My other piece of advice. If your kid poops or pees on the floor, make them clean it up. All right? Yeah, you say that. Just wait. Make them clean it up. I guarantee they won't do it again. But if they do, duct tape. Duct tape. Duct tape the diaper up. No, this is good advice here. <laughs> I'm almost done. <laughs> all right. So, all right. How long do we have, by the way? Two minutes? No, seriously. What is it? What's that? 8.30, okay. All right, so 8 o'clock. All right, we're still good. Love your kids. See, there's, there's my other advice. Yeah, I know. And you all, I love my kids. But uh, show them that you love them. Hug them. Kiss them. Tell them. Words of affirmation are huge. When they do something good, encourage them. Tell them how, how good they do, what a good job they did, how awesome they are, or whatever. Now, I'm not saying if they do something stupid, don't tell them it was stupid. But what I'm saying is those times that they do something amazing, don't forget to tell them how awesome it was. Um, growing up, for me, I never got hugged or kissed. I never got encouraged. I got knocked and hit and called all sorts of names. Um, you know, that could have really affected me. In my, my younger years, it, it really did. You know, it, it, I had a lot of, I didn't think I was good enough. I thought other people were better than me. Um, I always thought I was dumb and stupid, and no one really would love me. So I want to encourage you all. Love your kids. Hug them. Kiss them. If you see me, I'm always hugging Benjamin. I'm always hugging my girls. I'm always kissing them because... That right there, if you do nothing else except for hug and kiss and affirm them, they're going to know that you love them. And whether with whatever way they go when they grow up, whichever direction they go, whether it's the right path or the wrong path, they're going to remember mom and dad loved me. They cared about me and they were there for me. All right. 
Okay. Another advice. Okay. When, how many of y'all try to put your kid in the car seat or try to change their diaper and they do this? And they're just straight up fighting. Right? I'm the only, I'm the only uh, just us. Okay. All right. So, so Leah, Leah was always, John, you put her in the, put him or put her in the car seat. I can't do it. All right, here's the secret. Don't knock them out. Here's the secret. You, you hold them until they stop struggling and they get worn out. And then they just stop and go limp for a second and you hurry up and put it on. That's it. So, yeah, right before they get their second win. This is, this is good. Yeah, you got the split second to snap it into place or. Oh, yeah. Or swirl that diaper around them. All right. So, okay. So, here's, here's the other thing. My kids have been, Anna and Benjamin, have been losing their teeth. Uh, Benjamin's pretty good about pulling out his teeth. Anna, not so much. So, here you go. This is priceless information right here. You're going to love it. If the kid will not pull out their tooth, you lay him down on the rug, tell him you're going to pull out their tooth, and don't lie to him. You lay him down, and really quick, roll him up so nothing but their head's sticking out. <laughs> Done. <laughs> okay, so discipline. <laughs> discipline your kids. That's the truth. You know, we are called to be disciples. Jesus told us to be disciples of all nations. He was a disciple, a disciplined one. So if we don't discipline our kids, they can't be disciples. I'll tell you a quick story real quick. One day we were getting ready. We were probably getting ready for church most likely because this is the kind of stuff that happens when you're getting ready for church. I look over and Benjamin punches his sister straight in the face. I've, I've never seen him do anything like that before. She must have really, really upset him. Yeah. But you don't hit a girl. So I walked up, I grabbed him, I brought him inside, and I said, you know what's about to happen, right? <laughs> yes. I said, do you know why? Because you love me. <laughs> and, you know, I let them have it. But discipline your kids in a way that's intentional. Discipline your kids in a way that's not out of anger or where you're raging. If you've got to take a minute and step, step away and walk away and then come back, it's okay. But discipline your kids in a way that's intentional so that you can make them disciplined. That's very important. Um, Leah and I, we, we, we talked about basically how we want our kids to be. How, you know, I'm not talking about football players or doctors or anything like that. But the character that we want in our children. And we intentionally discipline them in such a way that they'll have that character so that when they're adults, they don't have to be told, 
five times to do their job. But when they get there, they're going to show up and they're going to be like, oh, look, this needs to be done. I'm going to do it. To the point where now Benjamin wakes up, and this is like, this makes no sense to me, but he wakes up, it could be 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, and he wakes up and he's picking up the living room and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, bro? It's 5.30 in the morning. And he's like, I'm, I'm cleaning up. And I'm like, you know you don't need to clean up right now, right? Well, if I do it now, I won't have to do it later. I'm like, Yeah, he, he definitely gets that from her, <laughs> or at least with the cleaning. All right. No, and everything, honey, and everything. So, okay, so if your kids want something really expensive, make them work for it. So this, in, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but this is just advice from me of what we've done with our kids. Make them work for it. Benjamin wanted a Switch. Anna wanted an American Girl doll. I was like, you know, I'm thinking, well, Christmas present. But then I'm like, you know what? No, no. Make them work for it, and then the accessories for Christmas. Because that's cheaper. (laughs) So anyways, uh, let's see. I think that's all I got. So anyways, advice from John X. Got any questions later on? See me. Pretty simple. If you want to learn how to like hot sauce or really hot food, you know, it's hard to like super hot food. But hot sauce, duct tape, make them clean up their own poop. You know, uh, wait till your kid stops fighting and slam them into the car seat. Be intentional with your time with your kids, intentional with your love. Give them words of affirmation. Love them, hug them, kiss them. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, um, okay, last thing I want to say. This is it. I forgot about that. I kind of, like, have notes, but they're, I went all over the place with them. So, like I said, we all have a limited amount of time. I have my own business. I have actually have two businesses, and uh, I have any given day, I have 10 to 12 people that work for me. Uh, right now, we're, we're re- doing four full home rehabs. So that's a lot. And I do all the managing, all the paperwork, all the estimates, invoices, all that stuff. So I'm crazy busy. Um, so what I do with my kids is the things that I like to do, they do it with me. Growing up, my dad used to work out all the time, and uh, I'd go out into the garage, what are you doing in here? Get out of here! You know, and he didn't, he didn't want me in the same room with him while he was working out, because that was his time, his personal time. So I just want to show you guys something. So, so, I mean, he, he's like, 
here's, here's Anna. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, they had to, for the American Girl doll, they had to save up their money and actually do things outside of normal chores. But it's okay if your kids join you in the things that you're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, you've got to, whether it's working out, you enjoy working out, you've got to stay in shape so you're not fat and sickly, that's okay. Bring your kids along with you. It doesn't have to be every time, but let your kids join you in the things that you're doing, just like evangelism. I mean, it's real, this is real life, you know? It's not pretend, it's not this fake life thing. It's real life, and the only way to make disciples is to bring those people with you. And your kids are your disciples. They're your greatest disciples. Your kids are going to be a mirror image of your bad habits and your good habits. And I'm sure if you got older kids, you can agree with that. Uh, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I realize, oh, he sounds just like me. Ah! Oh. So, you know what I mean? It's we got to bring them along with us. we got to have them join us in what we do. That's it for me. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Yeah. I want to add a couple things as he was saying that definitely um, to encourage stewardship about this, that simple fact now, even as they're little, learning how to save or how to work for what they get. America doesn't have to work. The majority of America does not have to work for what they get, or a lot of people don't. And they need to, they don't, when you work for it, you truly grow an appreciation of it. It's not just like, okay, I don't have to work because it's just going to be given to me. I deserve this mindset. So I just encourage, I was just encouraged by that, just really having them to, to work for things. Also, um, God spoke, showed this to me, how um, just not being a lazy parent, but to truly discipline your children. It takes a lot of times, mommies were at home all day long. I told you not to do that, and you'll do it three seconds later. But you get up, get up, and do it again. I told you not to do that. You discipline. Get up and keep doing it and keep doing it. Don't be lazy because a lazy person, the lazy parent, does not love their children enough. The Bible talks about if you love our children, we discipline them. And I'm not the one, the mommy, that always likes to spank their children. I don't like that. I hate seeing that. But I love them enough, and my husband encourages me. He said, you know what, if they get spanked enough, they feel that pain on their rear end, they're gonna eventually not going to want it anymore. Trust me, my son does not. He's like pretty much almost out of that phase now. Anyway, also today, um, my little girl, um, I have to share this, um, little Abigail, Abigail, my four-year-old, she just went around singing a song. She says, Mommy has a crush on Daddy. Mommy has a crush on Daddy. And then she sang, Daddy has a crush on Mommy. And then Anna started singing it, and then my little Rebecca, my two-year-old, started singing it. And I thought this was so sweet. It was the first time I ever heard them sing this. But loving your spouse, that's another thing. We always think about parenting, let me train my kids. Loving each other, your husband and wife, you love each other, that means so, that means so much to your children. That they feel stability, they feel loved. I mean, kiss your spouse in front of them. They may say, ew, when they get older, but let them see that. Let them see it. I mean, you don't have to be gross about it. Just, you know what I mean? 
Well, you don't have to be gross about it. You just <laughs> but just love them. Like, sit, sit on your husband's lap, you know. My husband's too big for me, but I'll let him if he wants to, you know. But just love on them. Get close to them. Let, let your children see that love because they feel, my mother and daddy love me. We're a strong family. They feel that thing. And so they feel secure in it. So I, that was just a couple of things, as John was saying, that um, so I just wanted to share with you that. Definitely do that. Also, date nights. Date nights. John has said so busy, and I um, don't get to talk to him as much. <laughs> he, always, he always laughs, but, I mean, at the end of the night, I'm full of words because I don't talk to him majority of the day. Oh, the last the last rule for parenting for me is don't let your kids sleep in your room every single night. That can ruin a marriage. Okay? So seriously, our first son our first kid, our son, it got to the point where I said, Look, we can't do this. <laughs> it's, it's done. I'm gonna duct tape his diaper, I'm gonna turn his door handle around. So, so if I give you any advice, if you have young kids, having young kids, do not put them somewhere else. I mean, it's okay if they sleep in your room every once in a while, but not every single night. And, and don't let your kids disrespect your wife yeah. or anybody let disrespect your wife. So, yeah. That's good. So um, God's been really speaking to me, and I'm going to be kind of, Help me, Father, to not be all over the place because I got a lot of stuff that I want to share that God's been speaking to me. And, honey, please feel to, if you God shows you anything, you can take it out. So um, God's just really showing me how Satan has such a big agenda. He knows what he's doing, and he doesn't even ask for it. He truly has a plan and a purpose for what he's doing to our children on the media on, on TV, on video games, um, toys, I mean, uh, conversations. He truly knows what he's doing. And we all know this verse, but I don't want to write it off. And Jer not Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah too. But Lou Engle really shared his heart on this too. Um, but it's in Psalms and says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So the Bible's talking about how God still has a plan and purpose for every life. We think of that as in terms of babies. He knit me together, but it's still the same as they're growing. God still has a plan as their um, kids, as their toddlers, as their kids, as their, their teenagers, their adolescents, coming adult. God still has a plan and purpose for every knife, not, not just for babies. And we see how Satan has been trying to still kill, still, still kill and destroy our children, our infants. Um, <clears throat> so why is Satan so interested in killing our children? Why does he care so much to raise a people who pledge their allegiance to him? And um, for those of you who don't know, um, I, I uh, teach children a lot, so I'm going to get you to talk to me. But can someone read Matthew 5, 8 for me? Anybody who has a Bible can read that just loud? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Anybody? Go ahead. Say it again one more time. <sighs> just read it one more time like a declaration. 
Amen. I can't think of any more, anything more pure than a newborn baby. Sure, they're born in sinful nature, as we all are, but God has carefully knit our children's features, their nose, the color of their eyes, very, very features, their skin tone, everything. He's knit them together. He's knit their, um, their sex, boy or girl. No confusion of that. God, had, God knows who they're made. Their character, their talents, their giftings, their callings, their name. Um, it's so funny. I looked at um, Matt and Sissy's baby, and he just looked like a, a little, a little, little them. He just looks like a little adult. I think it's so beautiful how God does that. I don't know how he does, but it's just amazing. So <clears throat> this is where I want to get talking just a little bit. So what happens when the pure in heart sees God? Let's just talk about that for a minute. So the pure in heart shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart who shall see God. That's the word we just read. So what happens when the pure in heart sees God? I just want to just open up, ask that question. Anybody? Don't make me call on you. Come on. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, Sissy. Become more like him, yeah. Anything else? Anything? Or change? Yeah. Anything else? When we see God, the pure in heart shall see God. So life is forever changed, like Sissy said. You see yourself as God sees you. You see his plans unfold for your life. You see why God gave you talents, like dancing, singing, writing, art. You see the word come alive in you. You take on his identity. You see yourself becoming like Christ. You see the boldness come alive inside of you. You see that. Did anyone ever notice how many times I said the word see? I said see. So why? Why is the pure in heart shall see God? Could it be the reason that is Satan trying so hard to distort our children's vision? He's got an agenda. He really, really does. Could it be that Satan's trying to destroy our children's vision and is clouding and fogging it? So I'm going to read this. Has, who has read this book by a great prophet? I was going to about to say prophetess, not prophetess, prophet. <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson, who's read this book? Raise your hand, seriously. Okay, let me tell you. <clears throat> <laughs> Number one on Amazon, $10. Yes, and, you, and, and, and if you need one, um, yeah, he may even sign it for you if you buy it here. Give you a special prophetic word. Um, anyway, I read this book. I'm telling you, my spirit was so stirred up. I could not put it down. I, like, read it. I'm like, honey, I'm going to read for a little while. When we go to bed, I read it the whole, totally through. And I was, like, sitting up. So it's not just, like, you, you hear Trump 2019 and beyond. It was so good to get a good perspective of Trump. But I felt like as if I was opening a book to the heart of God. Jeremiah has done such a fantastic, I mean, just phenomenal job of, of just showing us God's heart in this book. Like even his every detail of writing. So anyway, I was just really stirred up on this. And so I'm going to read it to you for just a minute. It's um, 
it's talking about the watchman, how God's call. And yes, I do encourage you to get this. Everyone needs to read this. I'm probably going to read it again. I do plan on reading this to my children. Um, and um, yeah, so please read it. So, okay. So families, one of the primary issues that God wants to address in 2019 is a systematic breakdown of marriages and families. God told me that he is specifically addressing fathers and challenging them to get on the wall of their homes and become men of prayer. Fathers have a priestly function in their homes and must provide a safe covering for their families. So in the name of Jesus, sorry, I might start speaking in tongues. I'm not sorry for that. Okay. God also specifically spoke to me that he was going to confront video game addiction in families in 2019. In a recent series of prophetic dreams, I saw the spirit of perversion fellowshipping with the spirit of entertainment. I saw millions of people specifically playing video games, and as they did, demonic forces would enter into their home. God showed me that the spirits of lust, pornography, and suicide can, can all be directly connected to addiction to video games. I believe God is sounding the alarm to parents who are allowing their kids to spend hours and hours a day playing video games. They could be possibly opening themselves up and their homes, opening themselves and the homes up to perversion and suicidal thoughts. I saw depression trying to overtake this generation and its connection to a love for entertainment. The average age of a video game user is 35 years old. <clears throat> we not... Uh, we do not only have an epidemic of children and teenagers addicted to video games, but we have a generation of young fathers and husbands addicted to video games. Satan is stealing the eyes and imaginations of a generation through the video game industry and baptizing them into lust, pornography, and depression. And I was just personally so stirred up on that. And um, I don't know if those of you who remember this, and... I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name. Whoever he was, he was awesome. It might have been, um, I can't think, I'll think of his name, I'll think of his name. So a, a preacher came to our church a while back and he said how God was releasing tears to the body of Christ. Does anyone remember that? Who, who was it, Jeremiah, do you remember? Corey Russell, that's his name, yes. So he was talking about how God was releasing the spirit of, um, the prophetic of releasing tears. And he said that tears will cleanse away our vision, cleanse away our eyes, wash away witchcraft, clear your totally your vision. So I felt like God was asking this question to us as parents. When is the last time have you cried, cried with or for your children? Think about that just for a second. When's the last time that you sat down and cried for your children? I know we're all in different stages of life. We have some that are brand new. We have some maybe not have any yet. And we have some that are older, not living in our homes. We're all in different seasons, but we're still parents and we still have children. So when's the last time? So this is what I believe what God has showed me, the vision. <coughs> children can read the Bible. Children can memorize the Bible and in creative ways, in fact. I've seen my children. They sing songs. They dance. In, um, in, in our youth ministry in the branch on Wednesdays when we learn Bible verses. I mean, we have, uh, we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I memorize that too with them. They're so creative. They come up with all these motions. I believe that children can worship without any distractions. 
Let's not take them out of church because they're crying for a second or, oh, hey, you can't be up front. No, that's exactly where our God wants them to be. That's exactly. I mean, we know as, as parents if they're being a distraction, but if they're there and if they're playing, hey, that's okay. They're playing in the presence of God under God's almighty hand. We will worship. So children can worship um, without any distractions. Children can pray. We can teach children. Children can fast. Children can share the gospel to an unbeliever. I have to mention this real quick. Um, I posted it years ago, um, but we were at an eye doctor, and, um, and, and anywhere we go, and not, not to boast about that, but <laughs> since years ago, God has just lit me up for evangelism, and everywhere we go, and like John said and, and Brandon, we, um, we just tell people about Jesus wherever we go, me and my children, because everywhere I go, I have my four children. It's kind of funny, like, when we go grocery shopping, when I come out, I'm, like, coming out with four grocery carts. Benjamin's, Benjamin's pushing one, I'm pushing the stroller, and the other two. Anyway, it's kind of funny. But my kids are always with me. So we're at the eye doctor, and Anna looks to me, and she said, she comes to me, and I'm looking at something. She said, Mommy, um, I think that that man, that man behind you needs to know about Jesus. And I said, and I said, okay. I said, okay, give me just one second. Let me finish this, and we'll do that. And so, and so I turn around. <clears throat> the biggest man I've ever seen in my life, he was sitting down, but I was reaching his head. He was probably about five times the size of the chair. He was huge. And I'm like, yes, Lord. I, sa- I swallowed, and I said, my daughter heard the word of the Lord. I say, yes, Lord. So I went up to him, and guys, let me just encourage you too. I'm getting a little bit in my head myself. When you teach your children to do this, they will hold you accountable. So when your children say, Mommy, we need to go tell them about Jesus, and you taught them that, you better do it, or God's not real, right, in their mind. So I'm like, okay, baby, let's go. So I go up to this man, and of course I was scared. I mean, what person isn't scared? Because you never know. But God has already spoken to my little girl. And so we go over to him. So he's sitting down again, and I'm like eye to eye to him because he's, he's so big. So I said, I said, hey, sir, this may sound a little funny to you, but my little girl just felt in her heart that we need to come to you and tell you that Jesus loves you. He is thinking about you today, and we just want to tell you that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you. And that big man, I'm telling you, he looked like he could have really seriously beat someone up. He, he started crying, and he started breaking. And he was just like, he was like, it was almost to where, like, you know it's almost uncontrollable. He was like, you know what I mean? He's like, he's like I grew up in a church, and he was just trying with everything not to break. He said, I grew up in the church, and I know I need to get back. I know I need to get back. And um, so anyway, I just encouraged him, and he, he had, I think, um, it's been, it's been quite, quite a while ago, so I try to the details, but um, I think, like, he, was, he had got it already prepared his heart before then. So this was a confirmation. Because, you know, when you're out evangelizing, you're either going to plant a seed or you're going to water a seed or you're going to see the fruit of the soul. And that's, that's always my favorite. But we watered this seed, and, like, we were able to pray for him. Me and I said, would you mind if we pray for you? We talked to him for a little bit, encouraged him, and, you know, um, did all that. 
And so I said, which mind we pray for you? And he said, oh, yes, I love it. So me and, me, and, uh, me and my four kids, I always tell them, I said, this is my group. This is my prayer team. So we all, we all put our hands on him, and we prayed for him. And he was, I believe his life is forever changed. And I believe I will see these people again. There's so many stories I can tell you. Oh, man. And there's so many stories that have, uh, there's, there are fewer. I know a lot of people are, like, scared. What, what do I say with evangelism? I'm sorry. I'm getting off on evangelism now. Help me. Help me. I love, I love, I love evangelizing. Abortion clinic. Oh, that's the best one. If we have time, I'll share it. I have, remind me, there's an awesome abortion clinic um, story I have to tell you. Anyway. So, saying that children can share the gospel to an unbeliever, and even at the age of 2, 4, and 8, and 10, in the name of Jesus, children can be so full of the word of God that they see God one time and they live a life where nothing will stop them, and all to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Children can live in such a way like that. They don't have to be glue. We don't have to give them a pacifier of, of entertainment or things like that. So I want to encourage you to begin to seek God about specific things going on in your children's life. I want to encourage you to ask God even now. Even now, you don't, you don't have children now yet, right? You, on the way. Two months. All right. On the way, go ahead and start, start now. Start praying and asking God um, for, for your children's gifts and talents and what you need to do for their life and how to encourage them. I encourage you to spend some time unplugging everything, seriously. We've been in a season of um, fasting in our home, and not to brag about that, but, oh, man, it's worth it when you constantly put in the word. Okay, mommies, I'm talking to mommies for a second because we're, we're at home more than, more than the husbands a lot of times, so I may not, you may feel the, the heat of the work of constantly, I told you this, I told you this, let's read the Bible, let's memorize, let's pray. And you may not see the fruit at first, but I'm telling you, you will see it, and it's so worth it. It's worth it. Um, my 10-year-old son, son I mean, came to me, um, I said, we're going to do some fasting. And fasting, really preparing ourselves, especially for the sin, this move of God. And if you guys, is everyone signed up? Everyone better be signed up. Everyone, raise your hand if you're all signed up. Brandon? Right now, right now. <laughs> no, okay. I won't get off on that, even though I could really easily. But um, so I asked Benjamin, and I asked my kid. I said, "What are we going to fast? What do you, what do you want to fast?" And Benjamin said, "I feel like God's telling me to fast meat right now." So my son has been fasting meat for the past two, three weeks, and it has been awesome for my son to come to me and tell him this. So you will see the fruit. So I want to encourage you. To unplug right now, spend some time unplugging. Um, unplug from TV, movies, video games, cell phones, music that doesn't honor God. Seek God and watch him begin to move in your children's life. L allow God to unfog your children's vision. And, and, and parents, it's so important for you to know what's going on, even if it is a cute little cartoon show. And I'm telling you. Oh, man, I could get so heated up on just the commercials alone that I have seen. And it's not all just like um, adult TV. I'm talking about TV shows that are full-blown colors with rainbows and ponies or whatever. There's very, very demonic stuff, very, very demonic. And I want to encourage you to um, don't allow Satan to destroy, to get into your homes that way. Ask God... Um,
Because Satan not only wants to destroy the vision, but he also wants to destroy senses, the rest of your senses too, ears and and things like that. Excuse me. So God's calling us, uh, raising us up in this hour. And for me, for me, I've cried many times. I said, God, I feel like I can't at times in my in the heat of my moment, my twenty uh, four hour a day job. My because I work harder now than I ever had in a job. I just don't get paid for it. I just don't get paid for this. <laughs> no, I just kidding. Just hold my money. Well, I don't. I don't get a paycheck for it right now. Anyway. Um, but anyway, there's been times I've been like, God, I, I feel like I can't do this. I said, God, I am too much. God, I've gotten up. I haven't, I've tried not to be lazy. And I've gotten up and I, and I spanked the kids 24 times a day. I've gotten up. I feel like I can't do it anymore. I'm stressed out. I feel like I'm too weak. And finally, God said to me, okay, good. That's what he said. He said, okay, good. Flat out, plain as day. He said, because my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. And that's what God wants, mommies and daddies. We do not have to be perfect. We don't have to have that thing where I, this, this agenda in our mind where I have to be perfect and I have to take my children to church every single time. Um, I have even heard of, you know, people doing abstaining from, from certain services, and they're just praying together in their home. And you know what? If that's what God feels like they're, they need to do for a season with their home, that's awesome. Because that's what, it's all coming together um, to honor God and, and just coming together and, and just praying together. So you don't have to be a perfect parent. God covers all weaknesses. Um, he just wants a parent who's going to say yes to him. And that's as simple as that, saying yes. Um, and I want to encourage you. I have something I want to give you in just a minute, but start in the word. Read the word of God. Um, I was reading a, um, a post today about um, people, uh, a lot of children in the church and how, like, statistically and stuff, they're not going to be in church because they want to leave and stuff because they felt like it's been rules and uh, repetition and all that. But you know what? Let's teach the truth of the word, that this is the rules of God. This is how, this is what God requires of you, but this is the love of God. And J- Jeremiah said it many times, not just that, um, that grace, you sin one time and you're always good, but just that, that heart of God where staying close to God's heart. Get alone with your children and allow them to talk to you, not just once but consistently. Be in youth pastors first. And now with my children, that is all what children want. That's all what, what youth that don't talk to their parents, that's all they want is they want your attention. They want your undivided attention. Every youth kid that we talk to, that they just want you to listen to them. And they strive, even while they're litter. And, and they don't care if you're vacuuming floors together or sweeping up together. Um, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. They really don't care as long as you're doing it together. That's all they want. They want that attention. And they're going to find it somewhere, you know. So whether it's their mom or dad, a youth pastor, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or some 40-year-old dude that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's the truth. So I just want to encourage you right now to get alone with your children, allow them to talk to you, um, listen to them. We don't always have to be 
ready with the word of God. I mean, the word of God's always in our heart, but sometimes we just need to keep our mouth closed. Sometimes Anne just wants me to listen to her because I can tell her everything she did wrong, and I can tell her everything she does need to do because I'm mommy and I know more than her, but sometimes, sometimes all she just wants me to do is just listen to her, just give her my attention. And then I encourage you, um, maybe for, for ones that have older older children, open yourself up and talk to them and share your testimonies of the things that you've gone through. God will give you, God will speak to you, Holy Spirit will speak to you on different testimonies, but there's so much stuff. How much do your kids really know about your life? You know what I mean? That's why John was saying, like, in our dinner times and, and even after dinner, instead of watching TV, get in the living room and talk about, there's been times where, where John has just shared his his drug past we've just been real that's good that's good you know we don't tell him every single detail this is how we did it and this is how it looked but tell him this is how it made me feel being a life separated from god i felt horrible this was the this is how i got there children need to know the truth of that because listen if we are not speaking to our children if we are not keeping their attention if we're not putting the word of god is then somebody else is if you're not doing it, then somebody else is. Someone else is um, is doing that. So I encourage you to open yourself up. That alone will bring so much bonding because you are open to them. They're kind of almost share them a little secret. You know what I mean? That, that bonding type thing. I've done it many times with my children. Um, and then also that still breaks the stuff off of you because it. Every time you visit that thing, you you remember it. You remember the feelings, but it still breaks off that whatever, any, anything that would try to hold you down, the enemy would try to hold you down, it breaks that off too because you're bringing it to light. Does that make sense? Okay. All right, so open yourself up. Um, build relationship and bonds um, that will not easily be broken um, um, when blows from the will come. Yes, okay. So I'm going to pass, John, could you pass those out? I'm going to give you some of these just to kind of start off with. Um, these are just some declarations to start praying over your children. Um, I encourage you to pray them over your children and even in your quiet times to have your children pray over you. And you know what? That little baby right there may not understand a single word that I have said, but let me tell you, his spirit does. And we're sowing into their spirits. So I encourage you, the word, the word, the word, the word is truth. Word will not return void. I want to also encourage you um, <clears throat> for children. I wrote this down um, during worship time. God just really added to what I was going to say. Uh, but in, give children and encourage children from the word a purpose from God. Allow them and encourage them to use their gifts and talents. I'm going to say that again in a, in a different way because children are probably so addicted to video games and the media and stuff because they're in their own little world and they are doing stuff in there. They're creating stuff. So I encourage you to get creative as a parent and allow, you, allow your children to become creative. Encourage them with the gifts. If they have it, if they're like... Like, say, um, um, Anna, she had, just for example, Anna, she, every time we went somewhere, she would run into um, one of the rooms that we had, like, like a wrapping paper in, and she would wrap a gift. 
And she would just constantly, constantly be giving gifts out. And I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Just, all right, you don't want to keep that, okay. But I realized that she has a gift to give gifts. She's thinking about, I don't know what that, that gifting is, I guess gift of giving, whatever, encouragement, hospitality. Let's encourage that. Okay, baby, you want me to buy you some more paper? So I, so I did. I, get her, I got her some stuff. I said, these are for cards. I got her a whole pack of cards. I said, make cards. Encourage that. Why? Because she's being used by God. We're giving her a purpose. She becomes alive. Children need to be, come alive to be like, why am I here? They need to have a purpose. Their purpose isn't just to go to school and come home and do homework and eat dinner. Like, and like, um... Like I said, just give them a purpose, and 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 even we have gone. There is an abortion clinic on South Florida Avenue, but there's also one just right down the road from us, right by Jayburn's Pizza, Planned Parenthood. A lot of people don't realize. I guess they probably do now. When we first started, um, a lot of parentheses, a lot of people didn't realize what Planned Parenthood was. But I believe it's this one that they send Winter Haven. This in the ones here. Okay, so it's one over here. Okay, anyway. So I've taken my kids there and I prayed. We prayed. And you know, I told my children, I said, This is this is what and I don't tell them details. They don't, it's not important for them to know how an abortion happens, but I say, Listen, we're gonna pray for babies because we want every life, every life matters to God. And we're gonna pray for babies today. And you should hear my little Becca, she said. I told her, I told her during the conference when Lingo was here, we were in the back, and I said, I said, Becca, it's time to pray for babies. And she goes, Jesus, babies, touch babies, Jesus. And I was so sweet, but we're giving them a purpose. We're giving them a purpose to life. It's not just because I have to do this because my mommy told me to. It's like, wow, God has called me to pray. It's good to pray. Take him to your Bible study when, you know, as you can. Teach him to lay his hands and pray. Let your children go and pray. Give your child a microphone. Brandon, when you're in, okay, I'm sorry, maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Scott, give your children the microphone and let them pray, even if it's just, Jesus, thank you. Yes, yes. Why? Because we're giving them a purpose to life. God is using me. And when a child feels that God's using me, Oh, everything else becomes second. I don't need a video game because I'm being used by God. When you see a child pray for someone and someone gets saved, when they see that, God used me, we give them such a strong vision in their life, in their heart. Anyway, that's good. So, um, and, and also I want to leave you with this, too, um, as far as what God may show you is, you know, again, I encourage you to unplug and spend some time with your children unplugging from stuff. But I want to encourage you with this. Um, if it does not, if it doesn't look like heaven, it's not in heaven. Because I know that we can always be like, okay, this show isn't that bad. Okay, well, uh, okay. Okay, let God speak to you. But if it doesn't look like heaven, it's not in heaven. And I personally, I personally don't want... I don't want my children to be having a part of something that's not of heaven. You know what I'm saying? I want I want to infuse. Is that a good word for it? I want to give them. Yeah, I want to give them all. So, anyway, um, we have time. Oh, I have just time. I'll tell you the story of um, um, this real quick. We were youth pastors. Benjamin was three, 
I think. We were doing a, um, oh, what's that called? Treasure Hunt. Treasure Hunt. Is it, who's ever been on Treasure Hunt? Brandon, let's set some up. Be awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome for children. Let me tell you why. It's the whole purpose thing. Okay, so this is what Treasure Hunt is. So we, and we were youth pastors, so we get a sheet of paper. It has just a simple thing like place. Play a location. Um, what do they need prayer for? What is their outfit? Um, draw a picture, whatever it is. So group people get together. And you don't have to be super spiritual. It's not none anything super spiritual. So you can right. First thing that comes to your mind. So Bob, Billy, Joe, Fred. Okay, and then black shirt, red shirt, green shirt, white shoes. Place to go: uh, Starbucks, Walmart, whatever. Okay, so then you kind of get into groups depending on how big your group is. And so it's so it's so awesome. And I can't tell you, we've done it many times. When you get in your groups, how many people in your group had a beaming? How many people in your group had red shirt? How many people in your group had the same location? And it's, it's seriously, okay, sorry. So anyway, so, so, we're, so we're, we're doing a treasure hunt. So that's what treasure hunt is. And then you, then you go off and you say, hey, it's my treasure. And you tell them about Jesus and, and, um, and all that. So we're, we are listening to a Misty Edwards song, and it's like, if you listen to any of her music, she's, we're having, she's like the drums, and Benjamin comes to me, he said, mommy, he said, I hear, he said, I hear warring, W-A-R-R-I-N-G, I hear warring, and I said, okay, I said, that's good, and so I'm like, okay, so I'm writing this down too, because he's, he's three, so I'm writing this down, and then he's drawn a picture while we're doing this, and so he comes back to me, and he's like, Mommy, I drew a picture. And so I show this picture. And I can, I'll still show you. I, I still have this picture. It's a picture of a little, little face. And I said, what is this? And he said, he said, this is a baby. I said, yeah. I said, who's that? I said, what's this? And he said, this is a doctor that wants to hurt the baby. And he said, but this right here is a Band-Aid, and God wants to put a Band-Aid on the baby, is what he said. So immediately in my spirit, I'm like, let's go to Planned Parenthood. And we were in Winter Haven at the time, which was like two minutes from the actual Parenthood. I got it confused, but they send Lakeland's, Lakeland's clients to Planned Parenthood in Winter Haven to actually perform the procedure. So we go there. And um, before we already getting there, I'm almost jumping out of my seat. John's like, Leah, wait for the car to stop. So because because I saw this young woman, I'm and she. To park and she's like, <laughs> open the door. I'm like, don't die. You gotta seize the time, honey. You gotta seize the time. <laughs> seize the moment. No. So I'm seeing this woman. This is what I'm seeing when we're pulling up. It's a big parking lot. So she's going to the door, and she goes like this, and she's going to the door, and she goes like this. And I'm like, walking, and back, and walking back and forth. And yeah. So immediately I got that word that my, that my son said, she's warring inside of her spirit. So I get out to her and I talk to her and um, found, find out later that um, another one of our youth had pink shirt on. I didn't know this until the end, but she had a, he said he wrote down pink shirt on the paper, but she had a pink shirt on, which is kind of cool. Anyway, so I go up to her, and I, don't, I can't even tell you what the words 
were that I said, um, I, don't, I don't even remember because it was totally God. You know, like when God's really on you, you don't even know what's coming out, but you know, all you know is they're just being touched by God, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, God, but I say yes, I say yes, you know. So I'm just encouraging her about God and about Jesus, and I said, I said, I said, do you have a baby? I said, I, I said, are you pregnant? And she said, yes. And she said, are you thinking about having an abortion? And she said, yes. And she said, but I don't want to. And her, her boyfriend's in, in the car, like, waiting for her to go do it and then come back. And so um, she fell into my arms, started crying. And I fell back in her arms and started crying. And anyway, she gave her heart to God that day and her boyfriend in the car. And I told her, I know, what, what was the key? Well, the key was is I told her, I, and I showed her the picture. I said, God sent us here because my three-year-old son had a picture. We were on a treasure hunt today. My three-year-old son had a picture of this baby. God told him that the doctor wanted to hurt the baby, but God wanted to give him a Band-Aid. And she said, your son's with that? I said, yes, ma'am, he's right there in the car. And she, that was the breaking point. She just broke right then. Anyway, we led her to Jesus. And um, that was just amazing what God's done. So just to encourage you, just to, to, just to give you a clear picture that children will not always do what you want them to do. They're, they're going to be children. And, and, and for one thing, I know we have no problem with this, but I just got to say it because I keep hearing it in my other circle of friends. Our children are not sinners, okay? They're not. When, when children accept Jesus in their heart, they are not little sinners anymore. They are not. I just got to just, I'm, I'm probably going to offend somebody later on. Maybe not in this church when I say that, but a lot of people have that, that mindset that they're sinners. Every time they mess up, they're, they're sinners. But sinners don't know God's heart. And our children know God's heart. So anyway, I'm just going to pray. Do you have anything else? All right. So God, we just thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for our children, Lord. I just thank you, God, for raising up our children, Lord. I thank you for this house, God. Father, I just thank you, Jesus, that you called this house, Father, to just to have a heart for children. I thank you that we're booming inside, Lord, that we're fruitful inside, God, even from the womb, Lord, that, that our church here and the fathers of our house desire growth, God, desire uh, children and, and, and just the seeds God's been planting for life here, Lord. And I just pray, God, that your word, I just speak your word, will not return void, Lord. When parents go home, they begin to speak the word to their children and declare the words. God, just pray for creativity over them, creativity of how to connect with their children, what to say, what not to say, Lord. I pray that they will be led by you, Lord, and heartfelt things. God, I pray for dreams in the name of Jesus, that when parents lay down to sleep tonight, God, that you would show them their children's hearts. God, maybe there's something going on that they don't even know about, something that they're dealing with in school or with a friend, God. And God, we know that everything that is on their heart matters to you, Lord, because you are the one who's created their heart. And I pray, Father, that we as parents will receive that revelation, God, of their heart, Lord, that you would just show us how to, to penetrate right into their heart, Lord, with the word of truth, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray also for our children to begin to have dreams and visions of you, God, dreams and visions, and, and I just encourage you parents to, to even start writing out their dreams like, like Lou Engle talked about today. Right, when the children have a dream and come to you, Mommy had this dream, don't just take it off, oh, that's cute. 
write it down and pray over it. Pray over it, pray over it, pray over it, and declare it because God is speaking to our children. And God, I thank you that you're raising up our children, Lord, to be a voice, Lord. God, the enemy may, may is trying to come and steal, kill, and destroy, Lord, but we declare you have come to bring life over our children and life over our families and life over our babies, God, that's not even yet to be born, Lord. And I just thank you, God, for the purpose and calling and plan that you have on every child's life, Lord. And I pray, God, you would just stir up our parents' hearts, Lord, to just pray and to fast for our children, to pray and fast with our children, God, to encourage our children to pray and fast for issues that matter to you, with the nation, with our church, with our family. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for special covering, protection everywhere they go. In the name of Jesus, amen. I also want to encourage you one more thing. I forgot to say this. Thank you, God. Yeah, one more thing. I want to encourage you, even for younger ones, and start by praying um, for our leaders, for Jeremiah, for Morgan, for, for, for uh, Dave, and for Barry, Diane, Julie, did I miss any? Derek, and Jessica. Pray for all of them. You guys don't realize, oh, read this book, you guys don't realize what they go through. You guys do not realize what they're going through. And I want to encourage you, encourage your children to call out their names. Call out the names of their family. Call out their names just for, just for, um, just <laughs> peace in their mind. Because when they're in the forefront leading us, they go through a lot of stuff. And so they need our covering and prayer especially. And that's one good way to start is teaching our children to, to pray for our, for our leaders. All right, so I <clears throat> just to be clear, um, I said some stuff about my parents, and I just want you all to know that I have a great relationship with my parents now. Um, we're in business together. My dad works with me every single day of the week, and uh, it's awesome. So um, just, I, I should have said that earlier. So I just, yeah, yeah. So, so just be, you know, anyways, um, and then something else is, I was a youth pastor for nine years, and I say I was a youth pastor for nine years because Leah, uh, I would preach probably four times a week, four to five times a week. I would uh, either preach or teach um, youth pastor, children's pastor, young adults pastor, all that. And Leah probably shared twice ever while we were youth pastors. Um, and we got to a point I knew as we got to a point where I knew I had to stop being a youth pastor because things that were going on, not anything I was doing, but was going on was, was hurting my family. The situations that we're in, the places that, place that we're at, can't go into details, but it was hurting my family. She was so shy that people thought she didn't like them and that she was a snob. But instead of reaching out to her, you know, uh, anyways, that's how shy she was. People thought she was a snob, like she just didn't care, you know. But she was just so shy. For her to get up on the microphone and talk or share was very scary. For her to talk to people or even make friends was very scary for her. But after I stopped being a youth pastor, she got total breakthrough. 
And then there's some time, and I, and I know that if I wouldn't have stopped, my, my children wouldn't be where they are today. They wouldn't have the relationship with God that they have today. And there's sometimes there's things in your life that you have to give up, even though you love doing it, for your family, because they're number one. They're your first disciples. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. And just the testimony that her life is, to, for her to go out and share the gospel with somebody. Um, now, that Planned Parenthood thing, that was out of the very out of the ordinary for her at that point in time. But now it's like she's an unstoppable machine, you know. She has more friends than I can even probably ever have in my whole life. And um, she's just awesome. So anyway, just want to share that with you. Yep. Father God, I just pray over all the dads and the husbands. And Father, I just pray that you just uh, help them rise up and to be the man of God that they're called to be, that that's their first ministry is to be the husband and then the dad. And Father God, I just pray that you anoint them and I thank you that they're already anointed. They were born anointed to be a husband. They were born anointed to be a dad. And so Father, I just pray that you open up their eyes to see who they're called to be and what they're called to do and that they are the covering of their family and what comes down through them comes down on the rest of their family. And so Father God, I just pray that you encourage them strengthen them, God. Give them supernatural strength to go through the day-to-day grind and, and then come home and be the man of God that they're called to be, God. And Father, we just thank you for every man in this place. And we just pray that you just strengthen them, encourage them. And Father, we thank you for the mothers and the wives, Lord. And we just pray that you just anoint the, all these families here and just give them the strength that they need to have the discipline that they need to be everything that you've called them to be. In Jesus' name, amen.